0: Negotiated a police contract unlike any other. Our officers voted overwhelmingly to hold themselves to the highest standards of accountability and set a national precedent for community policing.
1: everybody welcome back and happy belated new year this is the first podcast of 2024 and of course as always you're listening to answering the call the official podcast of the boston police patrolman's association as always my name is jamie keneally alongside our president larry calderon larry good to see you back bud likewise
0: jamie uh good strong finish to our year and uh, ready to kick off 2020 20-
1: all right. We get, we're going to get to the commissioner. We have a guest today, Michael Cox. We'll get to him in just a bit. But before we do, and we've got a lot to get to, but we begin the show on a sad, somber note. In case people didn't know, we lost a member of our BPD family, police officer Pierce Norton, a uh, 10-year veteran, passed away suddenly on January 11th, 2024. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, remain with his family. Larry, I know you and I attended the walk-by um, on Tuesday at St. Bridget's. Tremendous turnout for a tremendous guy.
0: Oh, yeah. F- fantastic turnout. Um, once again, you see the members turning out to support uh, each other and the family at one of the worst times. Uh, yeah, You know, one of the most important things that we can do as leadership of the union is make sure that we're present for these walk-bys and it- at least try to try to give some comfort to the family uh, with the tremendous loss that they're dealing with at that time. So to take part with, with the rest of our members and the command staff and
1: be there to walk through and show us support is again one of the most important things that we can do yeah and again just a tremendous turnout for a great kid uh switching gears of course we always like to talk about and acknowledge and appreciate the great work being done by by our members. Uh, the year 2023, this past year, Larry, obviously a lot to, to highlight and to be proud of. Uh, specifically, homicide rate was down. Non-fatal shootings were down. Um, I, I think we know who deserves the credit for, the, to, for those decreases.
0: Oh, that's the rank and file. That's the men and women out there answering the calls for service every day. Throwing me softballs to start off. I like it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, it's important to acknowledge that great work for sure. All right, the big news. And it's, it's, it's something we've talked about on every podcast since our first podcast. We're talking contract, um, the recently ratified deal. First things first, Larry, let me just say congratulations to you and to, and to Jen Rubin. Uh, honestly, nobody worked harder to get this deal done than you two. And, and I just want to say time and time again, Larry, you said it on the show. Uh, our officers deserve to get paid. They deserve to be compensated fairly. And sure enough, you, you delivered.
0: Uh, no, I appreciate it, Jamie, and and I thanks to everybody out there that's doing the job. But uh, yeah, on this show here, uh, we talked many, many times that we deserve to get paid, we deserve to be fairly compensated, and, and we deserve that firefighter teacup. Uh, so I'm going to take that victory lap right here with you and say, yeah, we settled a a three year old contract, and then we we tacked on two more years, and um, we worked very hard. Uh, I'll give some some kudos and some thanks to the mayor and her team are getting it over the finish line and yeah we we achieved the biggest contract in the history of the BPPA so I'm proud to be the president even more so than every day before this uh, I'm super proud of the people that I represent the team that I have and uh, we delivered so yeah. I, I'm I'm very happy here that we got this contract done and that we did something that um you know I've been around since 94 many many presidents have tried to achieve this career incentive program that uh, that our brothers and sisters in the fire yeah. Have been enjoying, and we were able to deliver. So it's huge.
1: Best, biggest contract in the history of the BBBA. That's 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 a lot to say. And again, real quick, just how proud are you of the effort?
0: Uh, I I couldn't be more delighted. That's I was trying to get words to express it. I should have been better prepared for that one. But to be able to deliver something that this union has been after for the last. At least 28 of my 30 years, uh, Jamie, that I've been involved in a union, various presidents, various bargaining teams, everybody trying to get this TCAP incentive program that only Boston Fire has in the it's entire huge. state it's of Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm super proud to be the guy to deliver it. And I hope, or better yet, let me say thank you to all the members that have continued to believe in me, that supported me, that voted me into office. Um, I hope you're happy because I delivered.
1: Well, members, of course... Are extremely happy, as seen in the in the votes taken to ratify the contract membership. Very oh, it's a happy.
0: landslide! Yeah, it's a, it was a landslide. Uh, we had a, a approximately a seventy five percent turnout from the membership, which is huge, as we all know. Um, and it was voted. It was voted uh, you you know very strongly, nine to one.
1: Yeah, overwhelming. Uh, lengthy prog- process to say the least. Um, a year. Yeah, I would say it was a good year.
0: Um. Uh, you, you know, it was a tumultuous time. Uh, right. We had various mayors come and go. We had uh, the COVID crisis happening. And then, and then, you know, Mayor Wu walks into town and she had her own issues, not only with our membership, but with a lot of municipal uh, agencies here in the city. And once um, she got her feet wet and got acclimated to her new environment, uh, she came to the table with us like she said she would. Yep. We hammered out a dozen meetings in ten months. We were we were at a stalemate. We filed a joint labor management, as everyone knows, and uh, as as time continued to move and it looked like we were going to get in front of an arbitrator. Um, you know, a good turning point happened. Uh, The the mayor reached out. I I sat in a room with her on various occasions, and uh, her team fought very vigorously to fight back what we were trying to achieve. But at the end of the day, uh, a meeting with Mayor Wu, myself, um, Attorney Jen Rubin, and uh, her attorney, Lou Mandarini, Renee Bushi from Labor. Yeah. We were able to finalize what we delivered to the membership. And again, I, I, I want to say it again. It's the biggest contract in the history of the BPPA, and I'm super proud to be the guy to deliver it.
1: Let me ask you this, and again, can't stress that point enough. Newfound respect for the mayor as a result of these negotiations?
0: Uh, I don't know that I would say it was newfound for me. I would hope it would be newfound for the membership. Uh, undoubtedly, she, when she came in as mayor, uh, I, I won't say that we rolled out the red carpet for her because we didn't. There, there was a lot of negativity surrounding uh, the reforms that she campaigned on. You know, we were dealing with the, the, the reforms here in Massachusetts. And I, I'll tell you what I, I have come to appreciate more so with the mayor is she continues to have an open door policy with me, with this organization. Uh, she continues to be a mayor of her word. Um, she delivered just like we did on this contract negotiation. And, and even, I, I guess I'd say more personal for our membership, when we have a fallen officer like Pierce Norton that we right. just talked about, yep. she was inside the church with the commissioner. Yep. She stood at the front yep. of the means altar a lot. It means a lot. through the walk-by. And she's been at the hospitals that you and I go to when officers are injured in the line of duty. So she's doing the things that the mayor should do. Um, so I'm thankful of that. And it, it, on on the other side of the coin, um, if that changes, if she doesn't support the men and women that we represent, if for some reason there's a turning point, then you'll hear me say so on this program as yeah. well. You know, but we do have a very good relationship, a good, very good working working relationship with the mayor right now, and uh, we hope to continue that into the future. Yeah. As you know, we're we're back at the bargaining table. Um, you know, a, a year from now, we're back at it.
1: I think, I think folks feel that she is figuring it out. and I think when you're in charge of the city and you see the great work done by the BPD, it's, you can't help but figure it out. But real quick, I know it's one burning question by the membership. Uh, thank God the city council voted to fund it unanimously, which was a shock unto itself. But here we are about five weeks removed from that vote, um, January 19th. How soon before folks start to see the, the new contract and the increased wages in the checks?
0: Now, I'm going to do two things because, A, I told you not to ask me that question, so now I'll embarrass you. Uh, Everyone listening should know that Jamie worked extremely hard, uh, working the city council uh, tirelessly, even the ones that are always against us, uh, that are always looking to defund us, that always want to point out some type of negativity and are very, very rarely there to say something good when we do outstanding police work. So, Jamie, job well done. You've exceeded the expectations that... I thought that you would bring to the table obviously. You know, you're my guy, so uh you did a great job. Uh done done with the patent there on the back. Answering the question. Um when will we have an integrated contract printed? I don't know that answer yet. Okay. Um I, I obviously we have the MOA. Uh, our team is putting it into form right now. Uh I'll I'll say in the next few months we hope to get it to print. Uh, but I, I want to be careful, naturally, in the way I answer it. I don't, I don't want to say it's coming May 1st and all of a sudden it's June and, and we're getting knocked on well, the it, door. It's about, coming. Hey, we know that. Larry, come
1: on. It's coming. But,
0: but it will be in yep. print. Uh, it will be available and it is coming. If anybody listening wants a copy of the, the MOA, the Memorandum of Agreement that was signed, ratified, passed by the council, all they have to do is email me or they could email the show. Make sure you give the email address to the show before answering we Answering the call, and, uh, Larry. Answering
1: we'll, the call at bppa.org. One more time. For Answering you. the call at BPPA.org, buddy. Cool. Yeah, if
0: anybody's looking for that MOA, we can provide that to them, and then uh, we'll have a full integrated contract before before this summer's out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Again, Larry, cannot thank you enough, you and, and Jen Rubin and others, for the work done to make this contract a reality. All right. On that note, coming up in just a minute, Commissioner Michael Cox is or will be our guest on the podcast of course, we're happy to have him here. Uh, again, Commissioner Cox coming up after the break.
2: And
0: now we'd like to introduce our next Boston Police Commissioner, Michael Cox.
2: Thank you, very much. Thank you all. You know, it's hot out here, so I won't talk long, you know, but I I, I do consider this a homecoming.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. Our guest this podcast, uh, none other than Commissioner Michael Cox. For those of you who don't know... And I know Commissioner is a huge uh, Michigan, University of Michigan football fan. In addition to working as the chief of the Ann Arbor Police Department for, I think, is it was it three years, sir? Two, three years? It was three years. Okay, yes. three years. Uh, in addition to being out there for three years, we know your son, Michael, played for the University of Michigan uh, from 2009 to 2011. So the, the question, the easy one off the top, how happy were you, sir, to see uh, the Wolverines come up big against Washington in the championship football game?
2: Uh, they deserved it. They're you know, a hardworking team, the best team in the country, no doubt about that. And they showed it. And, and, you know, they're similar to how the Patriots used to be. Remember when the Patriots were winning all the time and yeah. then people trying any excuse to try to justify the winning? Well, I, I feel as though they kind of had that same, you know, bad luck this year around it. But they still showed that they were the best team in the country by far. And I'm yeah. happy for those gentlemen on that team those young men deserved it it
1: a lot a lot of fun to watch of course Jim Harbaugh the coach is is he staying in Michigan any inside information you still in touch with people out there
2: I I know some folks out there but I have no clue whether or not he's staying or not and uh, I wish him the best as well because since his return they've certainly had a uh, walk back their winning tradition so An, an,
1: an impressive run to say the least all right, changing gears, um, named commissioner in July. You were sworn in, sir, I think August 15th, 2022. You've been on the job for just about a year and a half. Uh, I guess the the obvious question, are you, are you glad you took the job and are you enjoying it?
2: Well, you know, that is an excellent question. I am glad to be back in Boston and I am honored to be in this position, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, how difficult it might seem on the job in general representing the men and women who do this job on a daily basis uh, in a city that I was born and raised in and and, and probably will live in until I perish. Uh, It's just an honor across the board. And so I am blessed in so many different ways. I would never say that this position was not a blessing in a lot of ways. I'm honored to be here and I'm happy to be here as long as they'll have me. And, And so I can't say the job is easy, but nothing in life is. And so, uh, that being said, I'm, the, you know, tickled peek tick to well, be
1: here. I was going to say it, it ain't an easy job. It's one of the more complex, complicated jobs in the city. You make it look easy, but I got to ask you. I mean, uh, how long did it take for you to kind of, you know, get comfortable in the position? Or, are you at a point now where you're like, okay, I got, I got a handle on
2: this? Ah, uh, well, I'm never comfortable. <laughs> There's nothing about this. In <laughs> <laughs> the second you think you're comfortable, that's probably the day you're fired, or something really bad is going to happen. No, I mean you know we don't control you know the day-to-day activities that would happen here. Yep. So try to prepare as much as you can for it, and then when something happens, you if you're prepared, you go with your training, and if if you're not prepared, then you use your best best logic and your education and experiences to put together a plan to deal with what's going on right then and there, along with everybody that works alongside you and with you, and together hopefully that's enough experience and, and education and, and knowledge to be able to address the issue. So, uh, you know, that, that's how I look at it daily. Uh, and, 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 and it's been working out in a lot of ways. Yeah, God, God you know, bless you. You yeah. being dumped into it, another good thing that, that happened is I had the opportunity of, of leaving, I was here for 30 years, but going away and being a chief in another state, in another, you know, jurisdiction, county, uh, for three years that's a tremendous learning, learning process and curve too. And I would say that most of the things that I experienced here, I had already experienced in Ann Arbor, except the stuff here is on steroids. So.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> so well, it's like going from single A baseball to the big leagues for sure. I mean, is there one thing in particular that, you know, you, you're most proud of Is there one achievement or accomplishment to date that you're like, okay, I'm glad I got an opportunity to make that happen.
2: Here? Yeah. Here, uh, here with Boston. So, so you know, it's a work in progress. So, I, unless I'm being fired this afternoon, I can't <laughs> reflect on, on anything. But I will say this: is that you know, there are tremendous uh, officers that work here, men and women of all ranks, and civilians that work here. And, and the honor to work with them is 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 truly that an honor. Uh, you look at at, at the crime statistics of Boston, and you go and look up through across the country, and they are so outrageously. Uh, good that some people think that we're cooking the books yeah. you know that they are especially when you look at other cities our, our our size. we continue to get better every year and that's on the, the work of the men and women that, that work in the city and that's also on the work that the men and women that work in the city do to make relationships with the public that are here to you know build you know communications and, and partnerships with so many different people um you know I, That is, you know, that it's both surprising and and rewarding to be able to come into a place and continue to have success, Uh, you know, because when you change leadership, it doesn't mean (laughs) that success is still going to stay, you know, and I'm just honored that the people here trust me enough to continue to work for the public, continue to build partnerships, continue to to both listen and and step up to everything that, that they're asked of. And, and, and that's an honor to me, like to be in a, in a place where so many people, you know, are willing to work and, and, and do the things that we ask them to do and continue to excel at that. So that is both a surprise and something that I'm, I'm very, very happy with. It's not my work because I don't do any work. You know that. I haven't arrested anybody since 1995. Well, you
1: do a little. you do a little work, sir. You do a little work. I'm going to give you well, some credit.
2: You all do the work. But the fact is, is that, you know, I'm here to try to make sure we support you, make sure that you understand the mission and direction of where we're going. Sure wow. that the public gets it too. make sure that, you know, all yep. the things here. There's a lot of things going on, but it's not me who does it, it's you all. And if I can take credit for that along the way, I guess I will. But I know where the credit really belongs. It belongs with people who do it. Anyway.
1: Well, you're a good coach. I, I'll say that. And, and I'll, I'll ask you that question. We mentioned Jim Harbaugh. I mean, obviously, you are the head coach of the Boston Police Department. So, how would you? Describe your leadership style. Obviously, morale is a big issue, making officers feel valued. And I, and I get a kick out of the comment, like, yeah, here we are, one of the safest cities in America. And people are accusing us of cooking the books instead of realizing, no, we just got some dedicated, hardworking, big-hearted people who care about making the city safe. But what yeah. what, what kind of leader are you? What kind of coach are you? How, how, what's your style?
2: Well, I can say what, what i you know, a leadership style that I've, you know, particularly like and what, what you know, I aspire to be. I don't know if I'm there yet, but it's more about you know. A, uh, <laughs> I have to laugh a little bit about it, but it it's really uh about being. A, I don't want to say a selfless leader, but certainly one who whose whose leadership style is to inspire yeah. uh, the people, work to uh, motivate them to to help them understand. You know what is it they're doing, so they feel empowered that they're in an environment where they're both growing and learning and they're able able to make our community better. Whether it's the community of the officers that work with or the community of Boston um, in general, if you're in a place where you're doing something that you care about with people that you care about for people that you care about, it's highly likely you're going to do a great job and you're going to feel good about what you do on a daily basis. And that's the environment which I'm trying to support and, and develop. Um, so if you understand that as an individual, it doesn't matter who the boss is. You're gonna make the, your working driver the best you can be every single day. And then and if every individual understands that, it doesn't matter who's at the top of the organization. That yeah. organization is
1: I don't know. I think coaching is important, and I think you're right. I mean, the work is important. You should, you, you, our officers should feel good about the work that they do, I mean, making the city safe, uh, in, increasing and growing quality of life. But there is a disconnect, so I, I would imagine that's a big challenge as, as the head of the department. But morale is a huge issue, and as you we all know, you know, officers have felt kind of underappreciated and have been overworked. I mean, is that I, I'm, I'm guessing that's an ongoing challenge to make sure you, morale is at a healthy level.
2: Yeah, it's an ongoing challenge for everybody. It's not just our department. It's the whole country. Since COVID came in, morale seems to be impacting everybody. Yeah. In all walks. Uh, You know, when you have a, a sickness like that comes and you don't know how it's going to affect you and, and, you know, the mental trauma that we've all gone through, it's tough. Like, you don't know what's going on. And families aren't visiting family members and not letting the kids come home from college. And watching their grandparents die in nursing homes without saying goodbye because they're worried about their own health, that is that is traumatizing yeah. in so many ways. And as we learned and adjust, you know, the world was kind of turned upside down around some of this stuff. Yet, you, you know, our officers had to come to work every, every single every day. day.
1: Every day, yep, you can't make that point and, enough every day, right.
2: And, and, you know, the fact is that our job changed, and, and regardless of whether we admit it or not. You know, I would imagine our enforcement went way down. Our ability to come in contact with people or even desire to come in contact with people probably went way down. So many things changed in a short period of time. That's enough to impact the morale, you know, whether you're at home or at work in so many ways. And we're coming back off of that, right? So yeah. we're going back off the topic, We're being around people. We're being around each other. And, and it's like a relearning. Of that, and then that's and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get through this together. We have a job to do. Uh, we're good at it, but we probably started some poor behaviors around you know being around people and engagement and some other things as a result of a pandemic. That there's only one time in our history in this country we ever known about it was over 100 years ago. So you know that's first and foremost. To understand that. The good news is that. You know, Part of our mission is around community policing, and what's the importance of that? Well, it's us building partnerships with the public and being around them and actually letting them get to know us and vice versa. As people, we're meant to be around people. If, you're, if officers are out there, and I, and I bet you they're some are already engaged in this, and they're told that they're doing a great job, or someone tells them what they need from the officer, the officer understands exactly what's being asked of them, we're going to step up and actually meet that challenge almost every time. And when we're successful, that, you know, self-esteem that the officers should get from that and the fact to look on the face of the public that's actually, you know, the benefactor of that, yeah. that builds a trust and bond with our fellow human beings that has a way to make us feel good about yeah. ourselves, jobs, the work. And that's what, that's what I'm trying to emphasize to understand that we're here to do a job, but the fact is, you know, it involves other people. And so we need to engage them. And we that is got to
1: happen. build relationships, no doubt. If, just for the record, in case you were wondering, Larry and I really enjoy being around you. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we do enjoy being in your company. If that was the question you had. But um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But let me let me ask, speaking of Larry, dealing with the Boston Pol- Police Patrol Officers Association, um Dealing with Larry Calderon, our president, how much do you love Larry Calderon is the question, Oh, sir. boy. Uh, or maybe, uh, is, it our it, hate is it hate or room. love? Well, I mean, you can, I, take, you can introduce you you in what, sir?
2: Well, you know, I, this is what, we're similar, but we're not in some ways. He is a, <laughs> I just stop you know, there, sir. Don't go. <laughs> well, no, you know, he cares about, you know, the membership. He's a passionate person. Uh, he's opinionated about some of this stuff. Uh, and, and you know, and he has a clear idea about what's expected, yeah. and I do too. I'm probably not as opinionated uh, as much as he is becomes some pressure, but that's just me because of my style a little bit. But I, I would say this is that it the difference is is that you know, my focus is much much wider. You know, he cares he about obviously the patrolmen. You know, the working conditions. Um, you know, what's expected of them, and more importantly. You know, making sure that we do all we can to make sure that yep. they're the best success, and I am too. You know, but I also, you know, also have to, you know, discipline when appropriate. I have right. to make sure that people know, you know, what that they're going to be held accountable, where the lines are, and things of that nature are around that. And also, I have to make sure that you understand that we're part of a, a bigger profession and what our profession is, and, and, and that it grows and evolves. And, and if you don't understand that as such, and, and I think we, we're starting to communicate a lot more around those expectations, then sometimes if we go to do something because the profession requires this, if you're not engaged in that conversation, you're going to think that it's, it's a punishment for someone or why are you doing this for something. And the fact is that this is where our profession is going. If we're not on the same page to communicate that to the officers to do the job, then the officers don't feel good about their job. They feel as though something's being put on them, yeah. and the fact that's just part of being in the profession. And I and I think you know because of the fact that you know he'll say something, and then it reminds me of something, and I and I call him and talk to him. You know, he gets it right. He listens, and and I appreciate that. Yeah. And, it, and the fact is, he's really good at telling me the impact of what something happening on the streets with the officers. Because if I don't hear that, there's no way we can right. try to address.
1: Right. It. I mean, so you're what would... you What's interesting, it's a lot of the same, though, but at the end of the day... Two, two entities both working for the betterment and better benefit of our officers. But I got I got him sitting here, too. I, I'm sure you knew that, sir, but he's sitting across from me, and he wants to weigh in on how much he, he loves you, I think. Larry, floor is yours. Uh,
0: I, I'm not going to use that word, love, but yeah, I'm not going to use that word, love. Uh, no, but I appreciate what you said, Commissioner, and it's truthful, and it's good for anyone that's listening to this, whether they're the membership or, or just people interested in everyday policing and the podcast, to, to hear you say that because— uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm definitely more opinionated than you are. Uh, you take a a softer, um, I guess, stronger, more professional approach. I'll, I'll give you the extra kudos on top of me. Uh, I am opinionated, and it is based around the membership and, and what they're dealing with on the street, and it's good for them to hear you on this show. I thank you for coming on. And um, I, I guess the best thing that I will say about our working relationship is, Um, I commend you on the continued attempt of building morale in in the department. I, I saw the commissioner's commendations come out today on the email list. And once again, excuse me, the six pages worth of great police work there that you're recognizing. And that's one of the things that I know you continually talk to me about. You always express, hey, um, Tell me how the members are doing on the street. Let me know what I can do better. So uh, I want to make sure that the members that are listening do hear that. You and I have a very good working relationship. Um, I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm proud to be a part of making the department uh, better than we were the day before. But when you talk about um, the union and and the commissioner and how do we get along, uh, I'm quickly went through the pages of commendations, and you have some of our union reps out there doing great police work. You have Sean Harris and uh, Officer Nadia Sconofoli over in B3. um, uh, To refresh everybody's memory, there was a medical emergency at the Grove Hall meeting, and they were able to clear the path, get EMS, um, get that person to safety, and get the medical attention needed. And then you have uh, Officer Drew Polkrant and Officer Barton over in Eggleston Square at uh, a person that was shot in the pizza shop. And uh, they're really showing off their their police skills and their medical skills by quickly patching that person up until EMS got there. So it's fantastic that you continue to recognize the men and women that are out there. I wanna I wanna recognize them as well, and uh, I want to echo what you said. Yeah, I I value our working relationship, and I look forward to continuing not only helping my membership, but but helping you make the department look better daily. No,
2: I I appreciate that, and so I no I. I... I do mean this. I, my my role and job is is really to listen and and actually figure out you know how we can try to do things better and then you know met that with the people who do the work on a daily basis. One of the first things you you know I think you passed on to me is about you know, I think I might have asked when was the last time we did you know commission accommodations or something of that sort and you, and you put out it it just didn't happen. Now we're doing them quarterly, routinely. Yep. You know, and based off of. You know, what you told me and passed on uh, about around recognizing folks and the importance of that. Uh, When I first came in, we started some listening sessions. I don't know how many officers were involved with that. The listening sessions we went around just to get people's input on the job and and how we can make it better or dislikes and things of that nature where we haven't come out with the findings of that yet, but we were listening directly to some of the things that people have said to try to make a difference. Um, I mean, you are are my biggest. um, you know, certainly advocate around making sure that we listen to what officers are saying and doing uh, and, and actually making it happen. You talked about the officers being ordered when it first came and all the amount of ordering going on. And I, I think I tried to make a promise that that wouldn't happen where people get to order three shifts again. And then, you know, as a result, you know, which it may come with some controversy, but we're trying to be, um, you know, we're trying to certainly be innovative by you know, getting other people in specialized units to participate, help officers, so we reduce the number of people who are forced to be in order. All the results of some of the things that you put out here when I first came. So it is truly a partnership yeah. around make our department better, it takes all of us to do that. Uh, and and, and that's, I mean, that's what I care about, and, and we're gonna try to do that across the board, But you all have actively participated in this and, and Larry, you're a big part of this. So thank you.
1: So well said. And I, I think, as I said, it was, it's a necessary needed spirited dialogue and debate that goes on between yourself and the commissioner with, with good stuff coming as a result. All right. We got one or two f- more questions, recruiting efforts, sir. I know the recruiting campaign, you guys have done a really nice job. A lot of nicely produced videos and messaging, um, you know, in, in, in In light of the new contract, the pay increases, the educational incentives. Has the new contract, do you think the new contract is going to benefit uh, recruiting efforts and maybe help people get a little more excited about police work?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, hopefully it does. Right now, we don't have the evidence that it has uh, in that way. But hopefully, it does a lot around retention. You know, Maybe keeping some officers around. It might be retirement then you maybe want to give them some incentives to stick around And I think hopefully that will be a little bit more tangible around this stuff. I will say that the younger generation of officers may or may not care as much about the financial parts of this job, uh, but this is a great job. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, and, I, and it, you know, I've, I've been on it for a long time in general and so of you all, but it is a great job, you know, both spiritually and in the fulfillment of, uh, you know, or what you can do you know, in this world, and and you know the benefits. Uh, I'm actually retired. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you could, you, you get couldn't. You couldn't tell. When I get to retire again, I'll actually have uh, have the gift to keep on giving to the rest of my remaining of my life. There's not a lot of jobs out there that that even exists in the world today. There's a career path. You can come on as an officer. You can choose to stay that for as long as you want, or you can actually. You know, go on to become the commissioner if, if you—if that's the career path you want. There's so many options out there uh, around uh, the profession that we're in, and and the skill set is transferable. So if you do retire, you could actually go to the private sector. It actually even make more money in some ways if you wanted to. There's so many good aspects of this job that I can go on and on and on. Um, we just have to do a better job of actually communicating that to the public. And also try to get the media to get on board about all the good that we do, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. We we put media blitz out there, whether it's the Celtics game, going be on the billboards and all of these things, asking you know every officer to try to go out and recruit one officer. Uh, we've yeah. had an impact on this particular this class coming in. We went from maybe hundred or so people signing up to have almost nine hundred people signed up to wow. take the.
1: What
0: we need is finder's <laughs> fees, sir. We got we got to get finder's <laughs> fees out there.
2: Incentive pay rate increases. Yeah, we'll
0: get the we'll, mem- we'll I, get the membership moving with a finder's fee.
2: There you go. Well, I appreciate help people, but there's a lot of people doing the work on this one. But yeah. I do appreciate all the work that they're doing. This is a great job, and that's what I like to talk yep. about. This is the one where sometimes we we do differ. Larry can get a little opinionated, and sometimes. <laughs>
1: He's opinionated. You're diplomatic. We we understand. Just, we got Just that. looking for a buck. That's all. Just trying to make a buck for the men. He is opinionated, yeah.
2: right? And, and sometimes I have to remind the people that you know this is when you signed up. This is honorable work. It's honorable. Yep. There's some negative parts of the job, but the fact is, you know, some of those we knew about when we signed up uh, around that. But you know, we are back to the public, and and, and we're mission driven, and it it has rewards that that you know, money can't buy after the fact as far as you know, being honorable and fulfillment and things of that nature. And, and people know that. Sometimes we just forget it along the way. But I do need to make sure we do the best job possible making sure that people uh, have appreciation for what we're trying to do. And then we need to do the best job possible of making the work easier for the people that want to do this job and making it safer for the people that want to do this job. And we have a ways to go, but as long as we communicate, I think we'll, we'll, we'll continue to get better.
1: All right, sir, last question or comment to you. We've covered some some a lot of territory. Um, is, is there a message you want to close with closing thought to the hardworking men and women of the BPD out there every single day working hard to keep the city safe?
2: Yeah, I mean, you just said it. I mean, they are. we see you, we hear you. Uh, I know the mayor's mentioned it multiple times. Uh, I think it' would be put out there national. You know, they are doing tremendous work of making it the safest city in America, and, and we appreciate it. But, you know, no good deed goes unpunished in the sense that the harder we work, the harder we have to work to continue to build on that success and the expectations around that. And so I know everyone will live up to it, but we are truly appreciative for the work that's being done. You, you'll hear me talk a lot about, um, you know, community policing because that's not a mission. Um, you know, the fight crime, reduce... Here and to prove the quality of life in our neighborhood our, and our mission is community pleasing. That's important for officers to understand. Sometimes we can get caught up in one aspect of a job, you know, and it, the fact is, is that that is our mission is to fill all of those aspects of the job. And I appreciate all the work that we do. So I'm always gonna remind people of that, that we are here to serve the public. And then when we do that, you know, there's a reward that comes from it, you know, internally, externally, but that's our number one goal. And uh, we should do it in an environment where we take care of each other <laughs> as we take care of the public. Yeah. Yep.
1: So uh, we, we certainly appreciate your time. One final football note, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Travis Kelsey and your son, Michael, were both drafted in the 2013 NFL Draft. I thought that was important to bring up.
2: Well, thank you very much. And Travis Kel- uh, the Kelsey- uh, Overrated? Uh, and I- yeah, so- and my <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Again, thank you for the time.
1: We look forward to talking to you again. Uh, it means a lot. And again, keep up the great work. And, and again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks. PC. No,
2: thank me on and I'm sorry. It took so long to get on and um, you know, but I appreciate being invited. And so, so it's always good to talk to both of you gentlemen. So like, I appreciate you.
1: You're a big deal, sir. That's all I'm going to say. You're a big deal. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks BC.
2: All right. Yeah. Take care. You thank on. you.
1: All righty, then that wraps up the show again. Thank you to Commissioner Michael Cox, uh, to our listeners out there. Of course, we appreciate you taking the time to check in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or show ideas, again, we kindly ask you to email us at bp. pa.org again answering the call at BPPA.org. questions suggestions show ideas please don't hesitate to give us a call but for the, that's it for larry calderon i'm jamie keneally till next time please stay safe everybody